You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Welcome to a brand new episode of Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I am your host, Curtis, a.k.a. Trillificent on all social media. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. If you would like some additional content from me and my squad, or if you just want to support the show and its parent network, Flawless Noises Media Network, here's what you can do. Subscribe on Patreon to get bonus content. Go to patreon.com slash flawless noises. We have $2 subscription levels. We have $5 subscription levels and $10 subscription levels. The content varies depending on your level of subscription. Of course, you can also buy some merchandise. We do have gay side story shirts available. We also have network shirts and shirts from other shows on the network. So go to flawlessnoises.com slash store to pick one of those up. Post it on social media. Let people know you listen to Gay Side Stories and support Flawless Noises. And now we're going to mosey right on in to this show. So I want to start this show by talking about the LGBT plus community just a bit. So. A somber note to kick things off. Rest in peace, paradise and heaven. Even rest in power to 22 year old Tracy Single. She is the 16th trans person killed this year and the 15th black trans woman murdered this year. She was found dead on July 30th in Houston, Texas, but proper identification took a few weeks. And I actually heard about this story first on the podcast, Marsha's Plate, which shout out to them. They do amazing work right out of Houston, Texas, and they kind of had their... I want to say their ear to the street. They knew about what was going on, or at least Diamond did. And I think she knew why it was taking a while to identify Tracy. Whatever the case may be, 15th black trans woman that has been killed this year out of 16 total. And I missed the 15th because It was part of the mass shooting, I want to say, that was in Ohio a couple of weeks ago or a few weekends ago. And I want to say all the reports that I saw was saying that the gunman killed his sister. And if I'm not mistaken, it turns out that his sibling that he murdered was actually trans. I could have that wrong. But it was a trans man that was killed that was not black. But that's the only non-black trans woman that has been murdered this year. And I've talked about this on the weekly wind down on the Patreon. I talk about this all the time on this show. And maybe I don't talk about it enough. I could do better with mentioning the names and the stories on the show. But... Obviously, this one hit a little closer to home because it is someone in my home city. 22 years old. I cannot fathom having your life taken at 22 years old. You've barely even lived. You've not really had the opportunity in most cases to experience life, find out what you like, what you love, fall in love, let people love you, love on people discover your passions, contribute to society and the world. It's 22 is so young and it's so young to have your life stolen 
just because you're trying to be your authentic self. And I I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. I don't understand how do we get out of this place where it seems like black trans women their lives have no meaning and they are just killed with reckless abandon like 15 murders and we're only halfway through august for the year and again these are the ones that we know about i say this all the time and i will continue to say it how many times is a trans person a black trans woman usually misgendered to the point where when their life is taken no one even knew that they were a trans woman except the people that were close to them that choose to not acknowledge it or honor it but it's ridiculous i don't know what's going on in the world in the community where it seems like every other week every week you look up and a black trans woman has lost their life more murders than we have months in the year let that sink in and it just further highlights that the LGBT community is not safe. I say this, I will continue to say this. It does not matter that you have a gay or lesbian or trans coworker. It doesn't matter who you see on TV. It doesn't matter who made a video. It doesn't matter who's on RuPaul's Drag Race or Queer Eye. We are not safe in this country and in this world because there are plenty of stories all over the globe of people in the community and it seems like trans people are right at the top that are being beaten being robbed being lured into dangerous situations and ultimately being killed and we need to be aware we need to stand up for ourselves and our respective communities the black community whatever ethnicity that you belong to whatever race you belong to we all need to stand up against this we need to have these conversations. We need to say their names, say her name, Tracy single, 22 years old. There's no reason why her life should have been stolen from her, even if she was doing something bad, which I, my gut tells me that's usually not the case. These people are just trying to live, but whatever that goes, whatever you feel about it, these people don't deserve to be murdered in cold blood shot and left for dead and they ultimately died no one deserves this least of all trans women they're not hurting anybody and they give so much to culture they've given so much to this world to this society and it just breaks my heart looking at them and every time i look up every time i turn around every time i scroll facebook there's another woman that has been murdered and it really frightens me for the black trans women that i know we have one on the network bianca you've heard her on this show i worry about bianca all the time my friend lyric that lives here in the seattle area you've heard her on the show as well i worry about her all the time these are black trans women that are living openly just trying to make a way in this world and their lives are in more jeopardy just for being who they are and it's sad it sucks it's ridiculous and 
something has to give. Something has to be done. So I will say again, rest in power to Tracy Single. I hope you have peace now. and You didn't deserve this. I hope you get some kind of semblance of justice. But we know how these things work. So in addition to that, when I'm talking about the community, I was recently made aware of a local attack on a church that was trying to show inclusion in June during Pride Month. So this church had rainbow doors in the yard, like in the grass that read God's doors are open to all. So each door was a different color of the rainbow with one of the words of the phrase. I read about this and it said the doors had been pushed over twice. And then one day in June, there were loud noises heard overnight. A lot of people believed them to be fireworks. And that was strange to me when I read that, because I'm thinking, why would there be random fireworks at 11 p.m. in the middle of June? But Maybe people thought, oh, you know, people are celebrating Fourth of July early. I don't know. I would be very suspicious and have a lot of questions if I heard fireworks in the middle of the night in June. I can't think of anything where there would be a reason that I would hear fireworks. I didn't even hear that many fireworks on Fourth of July. And they them people went to bed. <laughs> it was not that late that they were popping firecrackers and all that kind of stuff. So I thought that that was interesting. Turns out that there were actually explosives taped to the backs of the doors. And the reason why they knew there were explosives is because one of them did not go off. And of course, the explosives led to there being fire. So it was unclear if it was arson or if it was a bombing. The FBI and ATF are investigating the arson slash bombing. And they even had a woman that teaches next door to the church. She went and took pictures. She looked and she was like, oh, these are bombs, which I, that's dangerous, I would say, to go. I mean, I guess you wouldn't know that there were bombs, however small, taped to the backs of these doors. But, to you know, kind of be traipsing around and taking pictures so I'm glad that she's OK, because that could have gone way differently. And the thing that really struck me about this is that I had no idea that this happened. The other thing that struck me is this is literally across the street from where I'm currently staying. Like it's maybe a five minute walk down the street. It's that close. And I had no idea that it happened. And the only thing that I could think of because anyone who knows me knows that I do not have a good memory. Like that is one of my faults to a high degree. But I do remember one day driving or maybe even a few days driving by this church because I drive by this church literally every day whenever I leave this house. And I didn't see the doors and I thought, huh, that's interesting. I wonder what happened to the doors. And then a few days later, they popped back up. So. 
First of all, shout out to the church for being diligent and not letting this keep them down. They said, you you can do whatever you want to do. We are going to put these doors back. We are determined to show this inclusion. Now, could you have conversations about inclusion when it was Pride Month? Sure. But sometimes we have to take what we're given. And I don't know of that many churches that show uh, that show inclusion externally at all. So even if it's during Pride Month, it's something. The rumblings in the area are saying that the violence that has been displayed towards the LGBT community has been escalating over time. And there's a reason for concern, which even if there hadn't been any type of escalating violence in the immediate or general area, a church with doors in their yard that's not hurting anybody being pushed over and bombed just because they're trying to be nice to and include the LGBT community is cause for concern. That's an extreme act of aggression, whether there was build up to it or not. So the two things, again, that I took from this and I said this and I'm going to reiterate LGBT plus people are not safe and apparently neither are some of the more vocal supporters because I can't imagine even if you cannot stand the LGBT community, you think there's an agenda, blah, 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 whatever foolishness. The fact that you would attack a church is wild to me. I'm not a religious man. I grew up in the church, in the Christian church. That's not my faith. But I still have enough respect just for property. It doesn't even have to be a church, but especially for a church. That's a a place that people go to for safety and for worship and to have a spiritual connection of some sorts to whatever it is that they believe. And you attack their church, you put bombs in the grass of their church. That's crazy to me. The other thing is that I realize now that I need to be better tuned in to LGBT news in the area. And it's just one of those oversights. When I was in Houston, I was a little bit more tuned in. I had websites that I was subscribed to. And in all of the hustle and bustle since I've been here, because it definitely feels like I've been going nonstop since I moved. I never made those adjustments. So that's on my to do list to find some avenues that I can be plugged in and get this LGBT news as close to when it's reported as possible. So that's that. Let's move on to something a little bit more positive. So if you have not seen it, if you have not heard I was on the local news here in Seattle this past week. I was on King Five News during a show that they have called Take Five. They were doing a segment called Podcast Week, where they were highlighting podcasts that are produced, recorded, whatever you want to call it, in the Seattle area. And Gay Side Stories was featured. Let me tell y'all something. Whoo. <laughs> I was so nervous and it's one of those things where it was like a slow burn. Like I wasn't nervous when I agreed to do it. I wasn't really all that nervous leading up to it. But the closer we got to it, the more my stomach started churning. And I just had this sense of unease because I've never done anything like this. I've 
hardly even do videos of myself doing anything, speaking about anything, being silly. I It's just not something that I've really done that much. So to go from, eh, I don't even really like to turn my front camera around and take a video to, I'm going to be on TV, live TV at that. It was a pretty big step. I have to be honest. And I was scared to put myself out there like that. And everything in me wanted to run away, wanted to not do this, wanted to not be included. But I pushed through and I persevered. And part of the reason why I pushed through is because when I moved here, I've made a promise to myself that it wasn't just going to be about needing a job and deciding to move to a different market so that I could work and have money to pay bills and feed myself. I also said, if I'm going to make this move, if I'm going to get out of my comfort zone, which is my home city that I've never lived out of, then I need to push the envelope. I need to figure out what I can do to push the the podcast and I need to just do more. You know, it was very easy because the podcast community is a little bit, I don't say a little bit, it's a lot spread out. Like I didn't even know about that many podcasts that were done in Houston, especially not ones that were done by black and brown people. So when I moved, I said, I need to do more. I cannot sit back and be complacent and expect great things to happen to me in this podcast if I'm not putting in any work if I'm not taking risks and if I'm not taking advantage of opportunities that are afforded to me so this was a huge opportunity obviously so it was one of those things like I have this duality in my mind so my logical side was we're doing it there's nothing to be said there's nothing to to talk about or think about this needs to be done. And my non-logical side was like, see, well, we're so anxious about this and we're scared. We don't like to put ourselves out there and we're going to be on TV. What are we going to be looking like? Our hair is a mess. Like there were so many things that were just going through my mind. And my logical side was just like, I don't care about none of that. We have to get this done. So it is what it is. So the actual experience was pretty cool, actually. And it all went by so fast. Oh, my God. It was just like, how did the time go by so quickly? And I knew it was going to be fast because I've been watching the segments that have been coming out before my show. And it was like, okay, three minutes, three and a half minutes, somewhere around there. So I was like, okay, it's only going to be five minutes tops but those five minutes they simultaneously go by quickly and don't go by quickly if that makes any type of sense so i didn't know what the interviewer was going to really ask the only heads up that she gave me was that she was going to ask me what my favorite episode was and when she asked I must have made a face because she was like yeah I figured you might need a little bit of time to think about that so I wanted to go ahead and give you a heads up on that now mind you this was only one or two minutes before we actually started recording but it did give me some time and uh, I was low-key embarrassed because either they did not do a cue or I missed the cue is 
probably very likely that I missed the cue because I was looking off to the stars and then she started speaking. They started the segment. So when the segment starts, you see me looking off to the side and I'm just like, oh, damn. <laughs> so this is what I get for not paying attention, I guess. But outside of that, you know, I really hit my stride, tried my best to answer the questions as thoroughly as I could and make sure that I really explain what the podcast is about, why I started it, why I've continued doing it. And when we got to the question about what my favorite episode was, the immediate thought and answer that I had was episode 17. So, of course, that was quite some time ago. <laughs> that was what? Probably a good two years ago. Episode 17, Big Boys Do It Well. That was the episode featuring my friends John Redcorn and Deviant Onyx where we talked about the heavier set community within the gay community. And I wouldn't even say necessarily the bear community, because then there's a lot of race politics and things that go into that. So just the heavier set, the XL community, XL tribe, whatever they call themselves. That was the first episode that came to mind as one of my favorites. And I do have a lot of favorites. I've had a lot of amazing conversations. I've had a lot of amazing guests. Shout out to y'all. But I was happy that that came to mind because I felt like it was kind of a dual purpose. Like I'm promoting the show, but I'm also kind of promoting, I don't know, body positivity, maybe. I, I just liked when I watched the segment, when I watched it back, the first thing that kept popping into my mind was man I, I feel like I kind of put the big boys out there a little bit you know like that's the episode that when people watch that hopefully they're going to go research and say okay he said episode 17 was his favorite well let me go listen to that and they get to hear that conversation so that also made me happy I feel like it was a really good interview. I'm definitely proud of the results, considering that this was my first time ever doing anything like this. I've never stepped foot into a news station. I have never been in front of cameras like that. Lights, camera and the action. OK, let me tell you, I've never done anything like that. And so I was, again, really, really proud of myself because I have a very strong tendency to talk myself out of things and rationalize why I shouldn't do it. And this was one of those instances where I said, you know what? There's too much riding on this. My friends have put themselves out there to recommend this to me. I've told people that I'm going to do it. And, you know, the news network is depending on me to show up as well. And that was a little difficult because I put a lot of pressure on myself. But when I feel the pressure from outside forces, it can be a little overwhelming but I think the saving grace was at the end of the day this was something about my podcast and I feel like it kind of is in the realm of that promise that I made to myself of putting the podcast out there in some way and trying to find a way to get more eyes and ears so Super, super, super happy that I did it. It's over now. All of my worrying, all of the nervousness, the preparation, everything. And I have to say, I'm also proud of myself because I did not cuss. So if you have conversations with me 
after we get to know each other a bit, you know that I cuss a lot. <laughs> Maybe not as much as some people, but I cuss. It It is what it is. I cuss on this podcast. I cuss on every podcast that I'm on unless they tell me not to. And I've actually never been on a podcast where they said I could not cuss. So it dawned on me after the fact that I never once told myself, watch your language. Do not cuss when you on TV, when you have this camera in front of you and you're talking to this host. And the fact that I got through that without cursing was, oh, I was so happy because I first thought I had was, oh, my God, I'm so glad that I'm not the only one that cussed. Oh, my God. And it was just wild to me that it was almost like automatic and my brain was like, okay, we're doing something different. We're not in front of the microphone doing our usual thing. So the language is a little different. It could have been the nature of the questions didn't really lead me to have any type of foul things to say as far as my language. I don't know, but It felt like I was on autopilot when it came to that. And so I'm glad that I did not cuss. Shout out to me. And I want to give some thank you. So first, of course, there's a huge thank you to be given to King 5 News in Seattle for featuring Gay Side Stories during the podcast week. That was amazing. A thank you to the interviewer. She was super cool. Before we started and we were doing a mic check, you know, it was it was kind of like that thing, like when you meet another black person and you just kind of bond without really realizing that you're bonding, even if it's just superficial. It's just one of those things we were doing the mic check and she was like, check, baby, check, baby. One. I was like, yes, come through. Like, I love us. Like, I love that we can link. We don't know each other. Never seen each other. Don't even know each other's names. Barely. And we get into these situations and we can just be so cool on our own and towards each other. So I really, really appreciated that. I want to give an even bigger thank you, probably the biggest thank you to Ray and Jay of the He Said, He Said podcast here in Seattle. You've heard Ray and Jay on this show for the Pride episode. And uh, we did an episode together about interracial dating or relationships, I should say. So they've been on the pod. I've been on their podcast. They've really embraced me. And it's funny because Jay always says we met through the hashtags, which is true. I don't know how that happened, but somehow we connected on Instagram through hashtags and it has led to this. They got this opportunity and they think highly enough of me and they respect me and my podcast enough to have recommended it. As well, and that was how Gay Side Stories was actually included in this. So, again, thank you, Ray and Jay. And you guys make sure that you subscribe to their podcast, it's a pop culture podcast. You'll enjoy it, it's fun, it's upbeat. They shade each other a lot. They're <laughs> a married couple that you know they've been together for a while, so that kind of comes through in their dynamic. And it's a good podcast. They're doing good things. So I also want to thank my friends for their unwavering encouragement and support. Nikki, Naj, Bree, uh, Juanita, Candice, Jeremy, Taylor, DeAsia. Thank you. That's all I can say, because it is your belief in me that 
allows me to keep going. Because if I didn't have that, I probably would have talked myself out of doing this quite some time ago. And I just loved that my friends were so excited because I was just like I was so nervous about it that I don't know if I've ever really felt the excitement until it was like right when it was on top of me. But my friends were super excited for me from jump as soon as I told them about it. What? So I appreciate that more than they probably know. Uh, thank you to my coworkers that have been so cool and supportive since I told them about the podcast. Shout out to Ashley and Marissa. Shout out to my other coworkers that are listening now. They kind of accosted me <laughs> at work and was like, we heard you have a podcast. And I was like, oh, shit. And it was funny because I told my lead about it because I was in and out that day. It was such a mess. I was supposed to get my hair cut. I ended up not getting my hair cut the day that I was going to went and tried to get it the day before everything just to find out that the barbershop was a by appointment only came home messed around couldn't get an appointment until 10 30 of the day of the interview which was last thursday and it was just a lot going on i went to work super early i woke up at like three o'clock in the morning got to work at like five trying to just you know make sure my hours were halfway decent for the day so i just kind of told him like hey you know I'm going to be in and out today. And at first he thought I was like, oh, you know, I'm sorry that you've been so sick or something like that. And I was like, no, no, it's not that. <laughs> and I was on the fence about whether or not to tell him, but there was excitement. So I just kind of told him and I was like, that's not something that I usually do. I usually keep my personal endeavors very, 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 very extremely separate from work. But I don't know. I just felt like I need to tell him about this. And then the other thing that I rationalized was where you're going to be on TV. So it's how much hiding can you really do? Like the possibility of this somehow getting around someone seeing it, someone hearing about it is great enough that I was like, eh, I'm not going to worry too much. Now, I will say this. If y'all are listening and y'all are hearing me, I don't think I said that the show can be very not safe for work sometimes. Um, listen at your own peril, I guess, but I do appreciate y'all for subscribing and coming through. And who knows, like after this, I feel like I can do anything to be quite honest. Like maybe you'll see me on TV screens one day. You never know. Who knows? It's one of those things where it's maybe you don't realize that you can do something until you're put in a position where you have to do it. And then you look back and you're like, oh, well, hmm, that's not so bad. I guess I could I could do this. It's almost kind of how I feel about podcasting. Like, I don't know if I've ever really thought that I could do a podcast. And it wasn't until we started this one that I was like, you know what? I can do this. And a lot of the things that I'm good at organizing and, and stuff like that have been critical to me being able to do this podcast for as long as I've been doing it. And I hope with continued success as it grows that those skills will continue to serve me and I'll be able to continue putting out a quality show. Speaking of quality, we're going to talk about personal quality now, my personal quality. So I mentioned therapy on the show previously and I am officially back in therapy. I had my first session last week. My new therapist seems pretty cool. He's Latinx and gay, neither of which I knew beforehand because the way that it worked was 
there's like this medical group that I'm going to for like my PCP and specialty doctors and stuff like that. And they pretty much run the gamut. So when I was looking for a therapist, I went through the group. I called the office. They matched me with someone and they gave me his name. I guess I could have Googled it. It didn't even occur to me because there was so much going on. Um, so when I showed up and I was like, OK, like, you know, a little bit older Latinx man. And we got into the conversation and I was like, oh, OK, he's he's quote unquote family. How you doing? So I was like, OK, I was like, OK, this is this may work because the therapist that I made the most progress with in Houston, he was white, but he was gay. And so there's just a connection about having a gay therapist, especially when we start talking about family stuff and friendships and not being accepted or coming out that we automatically can relate to each other. And it's really helpful in building that bond and that trust with a therapist early on. So those were pleasant surprises. And it could have even been that when I called because there's like an induction process that they do, they ask a bunch of questions. Maybe the way that I answered the questions, they specifically paired me with him because the receptionists seem very eager about that. I was like, this is who you need to see. We want you to see him. And I thought that that was interesting. So that could have been also why we were matched, but I'm glad for it. He seems very eager to help me with my issues that we discussed. And I left out of the session feeling like I think I could do good with this. He left out of the session with homework to do. So when I see him again, he's going to have things for me, which is also different. I, I haven't really had that many therapy sessions where the therapist has the work. I'm very big on doing the work outside of therapy and having my therapist having the conversation with them to help me figure out if I'm on the right track and what I need to do next. How do I conquer things that I'm trying to conquer? But in this instance, just talking and then he's like, OK, well, I'm going to do this and this. So when I see you again, da, 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 da. and I was like, oh, OK, well, OK, <laughs> work for me. <laughs> that's that, that's fine. I actually cannot wait to discuss the news feature with him. There's so many underlying issues that, again, like I said before, would have usually kept me from doing this. And so I just really want to kind of unpack that a little bit with my therapist and see what other nuggets and, and growth that I can ascertain from this experience, because it feels like the experience was bigger than what it was, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, you, you did this new segment, you were on TV, but the implications for me personally are bigger than just having been on TV to talk about my podcast. And I'm looking forward to going on this journey with them and seeing where we go, how far I go, what kind of growth that I can get. And yeah, um, it feels good to be back in therapy. It feels good to to be feeling like my life is truly starting to get back on track because with work, you know, my finances are improving, but that's a, a, a long process and a long struggle after dealing with unemployment on and off for two and a half years before I moved here. Friendships, family, like there's so many 
things going on and then the network takes so much of my time and my energy and my thoughts. So I'm glad to be in therapy that will help me, I think, try to stay on track. It's not foolproof, obviously, but I tend to do better when I can work my thoughts out in therapy. So I'm happy about that. Um, shout out to anybody that has listened to this episode that saw the feature. Thank you to all of my online friends and my friends that saw and reposted, gave me kudos, everything, you know, like I'm so appreciative. Even just the comments like, oh, you know, with my hair, because I, I did not know what I was going to do with my hair. I just was growing it out. And then right before when I got the haircut, I was like, OK, this is what I'm going to do. Let's see how I look. Hopefully I don't look a fool. Um, that worked out. So I like my new haircut. I have a new barber. It seems I liked my barber a lot. He was quick, efficient and got it done. A little bit of conversation, but not too much conversation. You know, he did his thing. I was in and out in about 30 minutes. It feels like those comforts, those familiar, familiar things are starting to pop back up in my life. And so I'm, I'm glad about that. And so with all of that being said, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. So, guys, you can chime in if you have thoughts on what you've heard. You can sound off. Use the hashtag GaySidePod when you're tweeting or posting about the show. If you have additional comments that you want me to have, you can send in your gay side mail to GaySideStories at gmail.com. Any letters, compliments, Show topic ideas, stories, guest suggestions, whatever. Send all of that stuff into the email address or you can at the show on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Please go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a five star review or a rating if you don't have time to write a review. The show is available multiple places, including Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. Honestly, make sure that you are sharing this podcast with other people. I do appreciate the likes, but reposting and resharing could potentially turn into a new listener. You never really know. And make sure you let them know all the places that they can find the show. Okay, if you have an Android user that you want to listen to the show, say, hey, check out this show. It is on Google Podcasts or Google Play if that's what you do. But it's also available. These other places It's so easy to get in and listen. Thank you all for listening since I mentioned that. And as always. Make sure that you love yourself. Doesn't matter what your orientation is or what your position is. Just love yourself and protect yourself. And especially for my comrades, my family and the LGBT community, like we have to protect ourselves and protect each other because it's it's real out here. And I don't know how else to say that, but I will see you guys next week. I have some interesting things lining up for the show that I'm excited about, including a forthcoming conversation with my goddaughter, Jaden, who just turned 13 in July. She did an episode of Mama Meets World with her mom and my friend Bree, where she just asked questions as a 13 year old. And so we were talking and I thought that that would be 
a good idea to have a conversation with the youth <laughs> and let her ask me some questions and just try to help her understand whatever it is that she is wondering about. Bree mentioned that Jaden has had friends come out. So I think that that would be an amazing conversation. And we have some other stuff lined up as well. So stay tuned.